Hey Flourish family, thanks for tuning in. This is the part two of Emotional Wounds, Emotional First Aid, episode two, part two. Last time we were with an educational psychologist, Max Frekostan, and uh, today we're continuing with the emotional wounds that we're mentioning, which are loneliness, failure, and rejection. Here we are. Yes, so Max, thank you for speaking to us today. So a few questions to go um, to close this chapter, as you know. Um, yes, so I wanted to ask, remember how they always say that time heals all wounds, right? You know the statement? I do. Yes, so do you, do you agree with that statement? Do you really think time heals all wounds? Very well said. So I remember that when we were talking last time, we were actually um, we were trying to compare a broken leg with a broken heart, right? So um, now my question is, if you have a broken leg or a broken arm, you know you have to like treat it. You have to you have you have to do a lot. It's not like with time you're gonna heal that broken leg, right? Because if you if if the broken leg is not treated no matter how many times it's probably gonna be infected or get worse right so um do you think the same thing applies to emotional wounds that's what i was leading to okay yeah i love the way you framed that question um thank you i love i love the analogy it works very very well for me mm-hmm. i think that um that truly that whole notion of healing Medication. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in again, I'll, I'll, at the risk of repeating myself, I do believe that certain wounds to the heart can heal with the passage of time. I, I I can say that from personal experience. I can say that from the experience of clients, people in my life. Okay. Having said that, um, I do believe that we owe it to ourselves when we have been deeply wounded mm-hmm. emotionally to seek out appropriate treatment True. in terms of support systems mm-hmm. in terms of right the specific types of individuals who can really 
shed some insight, some light on what we've been through so that it can push us, prompt us further along in the healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and, and, and that doesn't have to be, by the way, necessarily a professional. Yeah. Again, right? It Support system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Or mentors, any type of mentor. You mentioned that last time. Um, yes, I said I'm a big fan, and I really am a big fan on the whole mentor mm-hmm. um, relationship, the role of mentors, absolutely. Yes, so talking about that, you know, in the Western world, a lot of people face um, a problem of loneliness. As you say, it's not some people are here without their families or friends, and obviously if you don't have that, you don't have a support system. So as an educational psychologist that you are, what would you suggest people? How would you how would you tell people to connect more with others if they don't have friends and family? Or how can they get them? I think that that is, first of all, a, a, more of a reality in it today's is. times than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to acknowledge that, that, that we have, first of all, this being... Um, you know, just speaking, speaking from the city that we're both currently in, dwelling in, Toronto, in Toronto, Canada as a whole, mm-hmm. as you said, the Western world as a whole, definitely has become increasingly um, multicultural in the sense that people have come from all over the world mm-hmm. in, in all sorts of circumstances and, and leading to exactly what you just said. Um, some individuals do arrive without any friends or family mm-hmm. and um and it is we are in a time right now with this pandemic where people are more isolated than ever before so i can speak to that as a general statement but then i want to say more specifically now mm-hmm. um it is an it right it's a growing problem for so many people so a a a a my favorite answer for this type of question is use the fabulous technology that we are so blessed to have in this day and age Mm -hmm. right it's just i can't even imagine having gone through (laughs) lockdowns lockdowns, or how many lockdowns we've however many lockdowns it's been i can't begin to imagine surviving personally Mm -hmm. without technology it has connected me to people all over the world and it has been the greatest blessing so social media um you know, really, did we ever think that we would be singing the praises of social media as much as we are now? Yeah, that's true. I think there are community, mm-hmm. if you want to get very, very specific, there are community um, groups online. Yeah. I think that reach out to your local community. It's a great place to start. True. Micro, 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 to the point where I now, never thought I would, but I now am a member of no fewer than four local mm-hmm. groups all on Facebook believe it or not as simple as that and they're all very specific to neighborhoods that are connected to my own yeah. um, that's a great place to start mm-hmm. then of course I would say look at what your interests are yeah. hobbies, interests yeah. connect with right like-minded people sure. um, groups that have some connection to your particular culture mm-hmm. um, that gives you a feeling a sense of feeling more at home of course right True. So, those are those are my big ones yeah that's that's yeah i didn't think about it like that but actually that's a very good you know that's that's a very good tool 
so um yeah yeah i'll advise people a lot of people have been complaining about that because you know the western world is big on privacy right the and people want to be private so you you're kind of scared to reach out to someone you don't know because you don't know if they're gonna appreciate that or if you're just gonna be rejected and we all know as human we are very very scared of rejection so that kind of limits us to reach out right and talking about loneliness actually i am curious as a as an educational psychologist as someone who took this in school who advised clients have you faced rejection oh absolutely i mean who hasn't right yeah it is part of being human mm-hmm. and i will say that um I mean, personal rejection, professional rejection, mm-hmm. um, academic rejection. And how do you so deal with that? In, so first of all, when you're in the academic field, as long as I've been, mm-hmm. you must understand that you apply to various programs True. and more than not, you will you will be rejected. Um, you can submit publications that you are so confident about, mm-hmm. um, or sorry, I shouldn't say, um, what you hope will become publications is what I meant to say. You know, papers, studies that you've produced that you're feeling fabulous about and you will receive, unfortunately, for various reasons, rejection after rejection. Mm-hmm. So on multiple levels. I'm also a part-time actor and I have I been for most of my life. Part of being an actor, if you can't hack rejection, forget it. I mean, there's True. a statistic about, you know, how many hundreds of auditions you must attend mm-hmm. to actually book one single gig and mm-hmm. I won't even share that with you because it's so depressing <laughs> but truly I yes I'm very accustomed to to rejection indeed yeah so now now that you dealt with it and uh, someone who've been in the field to help people face that and deal with that personally do you think um the i would say the theories of what you applied or what you tell people or what you took to school do you think it works with you or how do you deal with it? First of all, how do you deal with it? And then tell us if it really, if it's from what you learned, or if it's just the way you created or the way you made. Ooh, that's the whole nature versus nurture question. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, to be perfectly honest, if I can answer that part. Um, you know, in in, a, in as objective a way as I would like to, because I'm sure, like so many things that make us human, it's a combination. To be perfectly honest, yeah, very likely, right? I, I've learned, I've learned. The more rejection I've had to endure, I have learned more and more life lessons. I have learned about coping with that rejection. I have mm-hmm. learned about. I'm going to say something that a lot of people will be very shocked mm-hmm. about, and I'm going to say that I have reached a point in my life where I can genuinely say to you, from mm-hmm. my heart, yeah. that re- rejection is a blessing. Yeah, sometimes. Oh, yes. It, uh, and, 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 you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be gasping yeah. you know, right now when they hear that statement. I'm, I'm, if I could take a moment to clarify why. Mm-hmm, please, go ahead. And again, from experience Mm -hmm. and maybe combined with my own personal nature, Mm -hmm. I have learned that rejection will only drive us further. It will be a motivating force if you will allow it to be. I will say that rejection is very humbling. It is what 
reminds us that we are mere mortals. Mm -hmm. I will say that rejection teaches us one of the most important lessons of patience, which we all know is one of the most valued virtues. I will will also say that rejection forces us to self-evaluate, reflect, and forces us to change sometimes even our even our most treasured goals mm-hmm. you know those goals that we we're so sure are we're on the right track yeah and we're, but what happens as humans is we sometimes put blinders on and mm-hmm. we do not allow ourselves to see anywhere off that track mm-hmm. and rejection will put us in that place where we need to yeah. reflect and sometimes change our path as a result and only upon reflection Mm -hmm. will we realize that oh my goodness if i had not been rejected i would never have ended up through that door that i am now absolutely you know soaring through yeah um, that's deep as as a result of so that's what i mean so absolutely when you consider all of those things rejection is an absolute blessing yeah so a lot of people think rejection we can it weakens you do you, in what i'm listening to in what you're saying right now you it's like you're saying it strengthen you do you think that's true because from what you're mentioning there's a learning opportunity coming from rejection right so 100%. but by by saying it, it strengthen you do you think you have to deal with it because some people kind of ignore it and then you kind of have those consequences because you didn't deal with it properly so what yes. advice would you give to someone who's been rejected i think that i would absolutely first and foremost remind them that rejection happens for at least one solid reason yeah in many cases more than one Mm. i think that people have to remember that you know that yes it's going to hurt it's going to sting like crazy particularly when it's fresh right when it first happens it's just that automatic again that we're that's a human condition it's that ouch that really hurts what does it hurt it hurts something that is not even a part of us and i and that would be probably for another show no oh, yeah i could go on about that that is the ego yeah and i go oh, on yes. about the ego but i will not i want us to just all remember that the ego is a separate part of who we really are mm-hmm. who we really are is our soul you've got to get True. down to the soul and that is the essence of who you are your ego is fabricated it's not authentic it's not who you are so once you get past that and you accept that that feeling of ouch that really hurt that's your ego reacting Mm -hmm. and then move on take time to reflect perhaps we've talked to you and i about journaling Mm -hmm. you can get you gain so much self-awareness and the ability to um to gain insight through every experience by journaling about it and that and yes i will answer your question about strengths a hundred percent rejection makes us stronger i will tell you that the people i know and it's very few Mm. i can count on one hand people who have had everything handed to them from the beginning of their lives to the end they are some of the weakest people i right they Mm -hmm. don't know how to handle 
anything in the real world yeah. because they've never had to. Yeah. And some of the strongest people that I've ever known are the complete converse. They are the ones that have had so much difficulty and so many hurdles mm -hmm. and so many barriers in their way, but they have pushed and fought and battled their way and they are the strongest people I know. Wow. Yeah, very true. So now we're going back to um, to you personally. So um, as we all know, to get to the level where you're at, to be a, an educational psychologist, to be a coach, uh, wellness, co uh, uh, wealth and health and wellness coach, uh, we know that you've went through degrees and degrees and PhDs and all those academic requirements. Requirements, we all know that, right? So now, because you, you you mentioned it a little bit, but I want to go in depth, <laughs> in details. Um, uh, and we we all know school can be hard sometimes. So, um, have you failed once once in your life? In let's say in school, not only professionally, but like, yeah, when you were in in school, have you ever get to deal with failure? Because we all know there's a point where you kind of give up because you think you're not good. But if you have to, if you have to attain certain degrees like PhDs, have you failed? And if you did, how did you deal with that? What motivated you to continue? Wow. What a question. Okay. Where do I start? <laughs> I, um, Yes, first of all, right off the bat, I will answer directly. Yes, of course, I have absolutely failed, and more than once. Um, I think the term failure is, um, again, it's really a perceptual, um, it, it, it's, it's really about perception. It, 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 I mean, you and I know in our society, we deem certain outcomes as failure. So let's just stick with that because that's that is the that's the semantic that, that you and I are talking about right now. Um, I think that in terms of that type of more mainstream failure, I remember failing um, a course in my first year of university doing my first bachelor's degree. So imagine my first everything, my first experience in university, my first one of my first courses within the first year within the first term of university wow. it, was, it was painful it was um, painful on multiple levels it was painful because I originally thought that I should major in English and I thought that because based on successes that I had had in high school and I had always been told that I'm a fabulous writer I'm a very strong skilled writer um, you know etc etc I can witness that <laughs> I thank you for that. Having yeah. said that, though, it was really interesting that I translated those past successes mm -hmm. into what I thought should be a career choice. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it was just, it was what we, I, and no, I only know this now, that we all do it. We all make these decisions based on things that, you know, they're at the age and stage that we're at, they make sense, right? Mm -hmm. At the time, they make sense. So I actually declared English as my major, and I chose a whole bunch of uh, 
um, journalism-related courses. Mm-hmm. Just think, what does one do when they are told that they are a strong writer? Mm-hmm. Career-wise, well, um, why not go into journalism? <laughs> not knowing anything really about the, you know, the intricacies of the world of journalism. And mm-hmm. yeah, so back to what you were saying. I failed one of my first courses in journalism, mm-hmm. and it was agonizing. And what came of it? back to what I said a few moments ago about the blessing, mm. if you allow it to be, because of course I, I I can say that failure and rejection are completely intertwined. Um, yeah, true. They're so cousins. <laughs> my ego reacted. Yeah. Of course. And then my <laughs> ego reacted instantly. And once I was able to step back digest what had happened, walk, learn, learn, learn. It's all about learning. I had to learn why did it happen? Why were my pieces of writing not as well received as I felt they should have been? Mm-hmm. What That was the biggest lesson. Yeah. What could I have done differently? Going forward, what would I do differently? And what should I do differently? And will I do it differently? Mm-hmm. And then the big question, should I even pursue journalism? And then when that, when it came down to that, I'm happy to say that the next decision, the biggest decision I made at that time, was to actually look at a different major completely and redeclare my major wow. for that degree. Wow. And that's, that's when I found psychology. Mm-hmm. Nice. And the rest is history, as they say. That's a testimony. I didn't even know that part. I yeah. really didn't yeah. know. Oh wow, nice, nice. So true story. <laughs> yeah, true story. So basically why you failed, what can you do about that failure and what else what else did you mention? What can you do about it and um what oh and and and, and the big question was in my case, should you even continue to pursue that path? Yeah. You know, again, depending on what that failure was, was in my yeah. case, you know, it was a very specific instance where I could change my path. But it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't want your listeners to think for a second that it was running away. Yeah, it that's wasn't. Different too, right? You could do that. I, that is not, that is not what I'm suggesting mm-hmm. or recommending at all. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable. It's basically doing something about it. It's not specifically running away or you giving got it. up. Yeah. You got it. Wow, this was this was good. This was deep. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for speaking to us. Um, oh, we look pleasure. forward to have this kind of conversation again. And um, yeah, this was insightful. And we're thankful for you. So thank you. And thank you. You're welcome. You have just raised such important questions and thought-provoking questions and I only hope that everybody really takes the time to listen and re-listen to your podcasts which are so enriching thank you and really and and thank goodness you're out here doing this because it's very very important now more than ever thank you so much (laughs) thank you Yes. So, how can one reach you? Because uh, we know you're you wear many hats. I say that like that, but you can explain what you do right now, and then uh, you can tell the listeners how they can join you, how they can find you, um, how they can reach out to you, basically. 
Thank you so much. So, um, as you said, I wear many hats. Because I wear many hats, uh, well, I'll tell you, the, the hats generally at this point in time are my wellness practice, which is an integrative, holistic wellness practice in, mm-hmm. in which I address the client's wellness needs from everything from their emotional, spiritual needs to their physical fitness nutritional needs and even even cognitive needs which is really going back to one of my um one of my earlier hats Mm -hmm. and some people think i stopped wearing that hat i've never stopped wearing any of my hats (laughs) Uh, the, the cognitive hat comes from having a background in neuropsychology specifically um and also being a professional teacher i'm also Mm -hmm. i'm a certified teacher Mm -hmm. and um i i work with my clientele is as young as four years of age and up to a hundred let's just say so so yeah so everybody needs to improve their ability to learn and process information so I can help you from a cognitive standpoint whether you are still in school or you are not I want to make that clear and then um, and and so yes so because of that on social media I'm sort of in, in, in various places and so I am on Facebook my practice is called the learning garden mm. so my professional facebook page the learning garden on instagram um i do focus on um the wellness component under the name of lift as in weight lifting lift to the max m a double x and then lastly i'm very responsive to good old-fashioned email if you want to send me an email mm-hmm. m for max and then my surname which is finkelstein sorry mm-hmm. it's such a long one yeah f we'll, like we'll highlight it in the description okay perfect so <laughs> yeah. m f like frank i n k e l s t e i n at simpatico.ca all right nice thank you thank you thank you again for everything for this opportunity yeah so appreciate it you're welcome this is your space so we'll highlight all those address because it's hard to listen and to write we'll highlight it in the description uh, in the promos and the advertisement of this podcast again thank you so much for your time we know you're busy you're a very busy woman but thank you for giving us this opportunity and um, helping the listeners from every perspective of what we talked about. So, um, yeah, thank you. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, my genuine pleasure, Risa. Thank you again. You're welcome. No, I think we've, I think, uh, I think and hope we've covered everything. But again, er, you know, everybody will know where to to find you and, and to me. find yeah, me. And you. Yeah, um, should they wish to uh you know discuss any of these issues in depth yeah and any questions they should reach out to either you or me and yes perfect all right thank you have a very blessed christmas (laughs) and uh yes and happy new year stay well everybody stay well and all the best for the holiday season all right thank you so much have a good rest of your day thank you so much you as well Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. 
Yes, so we are at the end of this beautiful episode of Emotional First Aid. Thank you so much, Max, for joining. Um, I hope this information was very helpful to you. And uh, as I say, this is a whole season, so get ready for season number three. This time, we'll be sharing testimonials of people who've been dealing with one of those emotional ones that we've been we've been talking about. So get ready, get your popcorn. It will be so much fun. See you soon. Thank you.